Before we jump in recording of my interview with director, designer and illustrator Carl Eddy, I want to share with you the ways you can support the show. One is by leaving a review or rating in iTunes or become a monthly supporter on Patreon.com. Via Patreon you can support the show financially so I can keep making these episodes and can for example hire a sound designer. In return you get all kinds of nice things like be the first to know about the show, get mentioned in the show or get tickets to design conferences that is patreon.com slash thomasdam for your support and now without any further ado here's the show Welcome to a new episode of the Neo More Show. My name is Thomas Dam. It's 20 February of 2018. I'm at FITC Amsterdam. And today I have the pleasure to talk with Carl Eddy. He's creative director at The Mill in London. And he plays in the band Heavy Mental. Yes, yeah, Heavy Mental. Heavy Mental. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah, the, my thong is not... not <laughs> that's uh, fine. That's so good. So thank you for uh, speaking to me. Yeah. Earlier today you had a talk. Mm. Do you enjoy crafting a talk together? Um, I, yeah, I do enjoy it, but it's it can be hard work at times. But I think uh, what I like about it is that quite often I'll commit to doing a talk before I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And then that forces me to uh, articulate what I believe. And that then helps me in my, my professional life. It helps me know why I do what I do um, by having to talk to somebody about, you know, put it put it forward in mm-hmm. a talk so that, that makes sense to the public yeah. as much as possible. Yeah, and <laughs> in what do you believe? Uh, what do I believe? Um, well, I can talk about what I believe this year. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, what I tend to do is, I, I guess everybody's way of working is, is personal to them. And, and for me, I've always, I've, I've kind of been in this career for, I guess, over like around 20 years. And, and I've always done different things. Every couple of years, I'll, I will, I will, well, previous to the mill, every couple of years, I would start something new and try something new. Not totally new, but just the same skills used in a slightly different way. And I think what's happened is the world, um, and this is, this is part of what I talked about today, is the industry that we work in, it's changing itself quite often. So I don't have to change my position um, to work on something new. Mm-hmm. It just seems by doing what I do and being curious, um, there are new challenges and interesting new ways to apply the same skills um, all the time that happen around me. And, and part of this talk and like, you know, what I believe is that there are, you know, behavioral patterns in in us as creators and how we're changing and adapting in this larger, um, I guess, experiment or culture of Mm -hmm. even how consumers and people who view the work are changing, how Mm -hmm. their appetites for content is accelerating, Mm -hmm. uh, how they're more interactive with their messaging, how they're easily distracted, things like that. So part of, you know, what what I think and, and what this talk is about is making sense of that for mm-hmm. myself and hopefully making sense of that for other people and, and showing maybe how it's not just utter chaos. It's not random that that things are changing so often, that technology is moving so quickly, that new ways of doing things are appearing. It's driven by us being reactive 
in this nonlinear technological world. And I find that hugely ir- interesting. And mm-hmm. I, I really want to, for myself, understand it so that uh, I can not be, th- not be just reactive to it, but be operating fluidly in the conversation of what's happening. You direct films. Yeah, yes. You showed in your talk that the span is getting Yes, shorter. yeah, yeah. How do you deal with this mm. in your profession? Um, I don't I don't make feature films, so I work in the commercial market uh, or in short um, content, so that mm. might be for social, that might be music videos. Mm-hmm. I also work across traditional means, and by traditional means we could say that's that's a film um, into emerging technology, so VR, augmented reality, um, things like that. I guess this idea that things are, the attention pan, span is shrinking and that people don't really have time to consume long media. I think that's a challenge for us to make more meaningful stories that hold their attention for longer, that also are give people more engagement. What I mean by that is it's not enough to just show them something nice. We have to show them something that moves them in a way that will change their lives, hopefully, or give them insight into the human condition or whatever the goal the goal is of the filmmaker, you have to get better at it. You have to, and I think as a discipline, that's good for us because mm-hmm. it, it, it forces us to be better storytellers. I also think that, like all things, as media and as people's um, attention span is so challenged, there's a reaction to that. Mm-hmm. And, and I know my own personal reaction to that is... I can't, uh, the way that I consume media during the day, all the information out there that I have to keep on top of, is a different, it, it actually gets me to the point that when I do put my headphones on and get on a train and listen to something, a podcast or music or, or watch something, I'm then more receptive and more fussy about what I watch. I don't have time to watch stuff that doesn't matter in my life. I want stuff that, because this is the time now that I'm going to pay attention. So the whole day long, I've just been batting things away. I've just been trying to get through all the sludge of messaging Mm -hmm. that I need to be on top of. And now there's a time for me to change the nature of how I listen. And therefore, um, I appreciate more. There's, There's... so many parallels in our industry to other industries and and one of those industries is manufacturing and fashion there's a movement out there which is this idea and furniture and product Mm -hmm. design there's a movement out there where people say rather spend more money buying something that will last longer than be disposable and i believe that that's that's not just a fashion problem it's not just a furniture or a car problem you know what i mean like or a product design problem that is a symptom of us living our lives in a state of flux. And again, another parallel, because I'm a musician, I, this this is something I've, I believe in wholeheartedly. There was a time before what's happening with all the digital content that we consume now, there was a time when music changed. When music went from going and buying something, even prior to CD, you would go buy vinyl or something like that and you would spend days looking at the album cover while you listen to the music. You would obsess out of are of the stuff you don't know like what were they thinking what's going on with this band who are they they're gods and and that changed that changed because music changed the value of music changed because it, it stopped being about rarity 
it became out of accessibility and I'm not complaining about that. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. I think there's more music now than ever before yeah. and more people care about music than ever before and it moves people's lives more than ever before. The big fundamental difference that I've noticed is a very personal one. For me personally now, I listen to music just like everybody else. I listen to all of it a lot of the time. When I fall in love with something, I'll go watch a gig. And if I go watch a gig, I'll go buy a vinyl. If I go buy a vinyl, I'm going to buy some merchandise. And suddenly, because I spent more time, I spent more money, so I... I had to sacrifice more for it, so therefore it means more to me. And I think it's exactly the same with a book, or with a movie, or with a whatever. You, We can't, you can't watch back to back, from the moment you wake up to the moment you go to sleep, every best movie. No, you'll explode and it'll mean nothing to you. It'll be wallpaper. So in our lives now, where we're so time poor, it's actually made us connoisseurs of greatness. Mm -hmm. So if we are going to have a moment where we have the time to watch a movie, Fuck me, I'm not going to watch a shit movie. I'm going to mm. make sure that movie's good. And mm. it has to be pretty bad for me to walk out on. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. So I care more. I'm more invested. So yeah. it's going to mean more to me. And I think that's I think that's good if we recognize it. How do you pick that? Well, thank, thankfully, we're in an information age. I can check ratings. I can right. find out from people I trust that aren't, that aren't the traditional gatekeepers of media telling me mm-hmm. something's good just because they're advertising to me. Yeah. Um, I can find out from peers. I can, I can very easily see mm-hmm. if something's going to tell me because the people making it have got better mm-hmm. at, at doing that, they've got better at telling the nuanced story. Mm-hmm. I quite soon know if it's for me or not, like, like we do most of our things. I mean, yeah. whether that's a collaboration of the algorithm pushing something back at me because it knows what I like, or whether it's the algorithm fed by people's opinions of mm-hmm. people who I care about. Either way, the information is within my grips and because we're so good at reading vast amounts of information in a hurry, quite quickly I can see if that's someone just trying to sell me something or if that's actually a good review or mm-hmm. a good something. Yeah. Yeah. How does making music yeah. influence your my work? Your work, yeah. Ah. Well it's hard to, to put this in practical terms, but I got into doing what I do because I fell in love with music. And what I mean by that is I became a musician because I was so blown away that when I was really young I'd listen to a song and it would really move me. So I'd be it would either it would take me to a point of elation, so out of nothing, within a couple of seconds I'm so happy. Or really sad or mm. whatever. It just it just had the ability, like magic, and I call it alchemy because it's the mixing of elements with a few bars of music, some okay lyrics, the right type of performance, mm-hmm. suddenly it, it just does everything. It's just magic. And much like when you hear a good joke, all the best jokes, they, they fool you into believing one thing, and then when you get the punchline, you realize you were tricked, and you love that feeling. It, it took you out of yourself, and the thing about good jokes and the thing about good songs and good movies and good art and all of that is if you fall in love with it you recognize something that's happened this relationship between you and that thing and if you're human like we all are you the, your next reaction is how do I get someone else to feel what I just felt how do I get them to laugh like I just laughed that joke so jokes are easy you learn the joke and then you go tell someone yeah. and you both are rewarded so now it's not just one person laughing on their own like a really awkward person there's now three people laughing at the same thing and, you, and you've got this moment And that's the power that music taught me, is if I could learn some of the instrumentation to try and share how I felt by making something else for someone else to feel what I felt, if that makes sense, 
that got me into writing songs and being in band. And at the same time, I became a designer and got into uh, directing and illustration and things like that. So at the same time as I, my brain's puzzling over this idea of share the feeling, and, and it's a bit like you're creating emotive bombs for people. You're creating these things that are self-contained until someone reads them, looks at them, listens to them, or watches them, and then it explodes in their heart. And and then hopefully if you've done your job well, and you've communicated it well, and you've learned how to communicate well, which is a lifelong journey, they feel the thing that you felt when you first, when it first tickled the back of your brain inside of your person. So that's community, that's growing and sharing and everything. So. So that's the, I guess you could say, the lifelong interactive game that I started playing quite young and I'm still addicted to. How even now, um, it's another thing as well because the one thing is you want someone to feel the way that you felt. But then also you want to repeat that act for yourself and then it becomes a discipline about being a study and caring about humans and how all humans operate. Because just like all communication, just because I kind of go, ow, that hurts. Ow, that hurts is a different ow, that hurts for everybody else. So then you need to find the universal truths between all people. And that's a bigger game and a bigger, more interesting thing. And and to embrace that, you have to embrace vulnerability and a whole lot of other things. So it's it's a lifelong pursuit that's actually quite selfish. But at the same time, if done right, it's not. Very philosophical. Yeah. Sorry, no, you're, no, as- no. you're asking the questions here. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're opening the Pandora's box. You're going to hear it all. <laughs> you make uh, metal music. Yeah, yeah. So there's a lot of. <laughs> well, I make a lot of it's different music. It's not emotion going into your yeah. into your yeah. music. But but incidentally, like I've 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 played lots of different bands, and and even though I'm I'm play right now in a band called Heavy Menthol, which is a metal band. Mm-hmm. I also have a soul and electronic project that I'm doing and I, I also write music for some of the work that I do yeah. and so there's different ways in. But it's also with your work at the mill. Yeah. It's also like all the different aspects of yes. storytelling yes. Um, is in there. So do you have a certain style? Ooh, I think that's a tough one because as an illustrator and a designer I have a style. Is, is it the style from the heavy mental? Yes, uh, yeah, I, I do the album graphics for that. And wherever possible, I try and do that stuff. And that's not because I'm trying to push a style. That's just because I'm trying to have as much emotional connection and involvement to everything I do. If I don't have time to, then I'll work with somebody else who can do it. Um, I think at this point, I do have a style. But I think because I'm so attracted to so many different things and trying to replicate that that first emotional journey we talked about with music and yeah. jokes and that stuff, because I'm trying to do that, you do it in different things. And I would say I absolutely have a style because it's about how to approach it. And I approach them all the same way. Is it a style that people can recognize from watching the first time one, like if they watch a film that I've done for um, an ad or a music video, and then tomorrow they don't know who I am, but they see the the vinyl for heavy menthol or a music video for that. Mm -hmm. And then they come across an illustration that I've done for some clothing or something like that. I don't think they'll be able to connect all those up. But I think if you gave them a bit more evidence and you said, oh, this was done by the guy who did that, and if they sat with it, they would see there's a pattern there. There's very clearly a pattern. And and I would say, and you know, what are those patterns? The, the one is it's trying to be visceral and emotive without being obvious. Mm-hmm. So it's willfully obscure at times mm-hmm. I, because I believe you can't give it all away. Yeah. I believe that if you want people to 
care about what you care about, you have to involve them in it. And if you want to involve them in it, you need to make gaps for them. So you don't give them... I would never make a big soppy movie that's so obvious and has been done so many times mm -hmm. with the big orchestral song to try and make someone cry at the moment when the guy breaks up with the girl. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would do the same thing because that's a human thing, but I would find the, the odd way around to get to it because I think the viewer will be more rewarded when they get there. Yeah. Um, and it's similar to that with, uh, with my work, with all my work, I think, is, is I'm playing the game where you try to trick somebody into getting to the place that you want them into, but in a nice way. Mm -hmm. You want to trick them in a way that they, they follow the thread and they are rewarded for getting there by figuring out, you're leaving mm -hmm. them clues. Mm -hmm. And then when they get there and, and it really the idea really hits them, they feel like they got there on their own. They were smart enough and intuitive enough to get there on their own. And I'm, it's not manipulation, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, like I, I genuinely want them to, to, to love the thing the way I love the thing. You know what humans are like, you can't yeah. go, you can't be openly vulnerable with them and go, oh, I love it, so you should love it too. They'll go, bullshit, yeah. I, yeah. I don't love it because you love it. <laughs> so your style is more an approach. Yeah, yeah, it's an approach. And, and the approach is find another way to do it that hasn't been done right. so obviously. And do you also use this approach for the rest of your life? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, um, no, no, because also, unfortunately for me, I'm not a pure artist like that. I also believe in the clarity of communication. I also believe that it's um, like I, I, I absolutely love and adore great ideas. Great ideas that communicate very, very clearly that well-chosen less words to say something than like what I'm doing right now, which is rambling on. I, I believe in that because I believe that that's also a skill in itself. So I'm always juggling these two things. The one thing is the ethereal and the mysterious abstract of like visceral graphics and you know, fashion and stuff like that against this thing of actually, it must matter. There's got to be something in there that, that delivers once you've enticed someone with all the other stuff. Yeah. So at the mill, you work with a lot of emerging technology. Yeah. Can you use this approach also with all those technology? Um, I think so, and I, but I also think that maybe this is why I'm drawn to a lot of that is, I think that happens naturally. Mm -hmm. I think because they're new technologies, they ha don't have cliches defined in them yet. I think every new augmented reality thing that people tries or, or virtual reality thing or, you know, an app, because apps aren't going to survive unless they are unique. Um, every new thing that, that someone tries, the people making those things are people who have already learned how to tell stories. This isn't like you're trying to make a film. You're trying to make a film in a thing that is not a film. So by definition of the constraints of the new thing, it's going to be interesting and yeah. it's going to be fresh and surprising. Yeah, but that's almost saying that because of the technology, it's also fresh. And yeah, I, I, I know and I, I know that's contentious. But you can play with it. I yes. mean, you can also play with, with that. Yeah, yeah, I, I think so. The challenge is there. Like, I think for a very short time while things are new, if someone just tries to make a cartoon in that new environment with the constraints of the tools, it'll be fresh. But then everyone's going to do that because that's the first thing that everyone's going to want to do. Yeah. And then we know people have to redefine that mm -hmm. category to make it interesting to stand out. But for now, every, almost everything seems quite interesting and odd in that space if we avoid the cliche. You work for such a big company. Yeah. So you are well, so on top of everything that is happening. So you're also setting kind of a standard. Well, yes and no. I mean, I'm. I'm lucky in that it is, it's a huge company. 
and it's filled with incredibly talented people. And I don't, I float within that. So I, I don't dictate right. how it works. There's also a thing is because I'm a creative director as well as a director, there's two jobs there. Mm-hmm. The one as a creative director, your job is to be a coach. Your job is to use all of your experience to help other people achieve what they're trying to achieve in their communication Mm -hmm. or in their craft. And that's very different to, as I talked about earlier, my thing and my thing that interests me Mm -hmm. is trying to put my voice into things. I can't put my voice into everybody's work because that's firstly a betrayal of what a creative director is. And secondly, it it just wouldn't work. (laughs) You can't be disruptive on everything all the time. It also makes a lot of sense because if you're leading teams, Yes. You're leading the team. And Absolutely. Not, and not the That's a bigger creative, thing. creative process. Is that something that fits you? Uh, that's a tough one. Um, it does because the, the problem is having enough time to do all the things properly. That's the real problem. I enjoy being a creative director and I'll tell you why. Because I am grateful and I have a lot of love for the work that we all do in mm-hmm. this industry. And if you have that and you're older like I am, I'm not a kid anymore, you naturally want to share that. And you naturally don't want to see other people suffer through the mayhem that we all suffered from. And whether that's confusion, inexperience, whatever, confidence, any of those things, you you naturally just kind of go, because you've got the perspective, you look at somebody and go, oh, man, you're just getting in your own way. Don't do it like that, do it like this. And then suddenly you open a door for them. And not only have you done something good for them, you've done something good for yourself, and it reaffirms your first passion, which is why you got into this in the first place. So that's why I enjoy being a creative director. Um, Directing is a whole other thing because that's, you know, and, and by directing, that also could be making music, that also could be being an illustrator. That's a, It's a selfish pursuit of understanding the things that drive you and trying to share them with the larger world. But it is a selfish pursuit because it has to be, even when you collaborate, which is really interesting and really enjoyable because that's how you get back. You get stuff back to you. But it's selfish pursuit in the sense of there has to be one captain. There has to be someone who, someone at some start of some point must have the picture in their head or the idea in their head. Whether they can get it out of their head, they might need collaborators and other people to help them with that. But it is, and you can bring other people on that selfish journey so that they can all be selfish with you. That's fine. But it is a slave to that idea. Whereas being a creative director is a servant to the higher ideals of the Mm -hmm. craft. Maybe this is an odd angle, but because you are in London, yes, is this pushing you extra in directing and yes. creative directing? Are you from London? I actually don't know. I'm, I'm originally from South Africa, but oh, I've been okay. in London for about 11 years. Okay. Does being in London for such a mm. long time pushes you in this direction or in this creative mm. field? Or? It does. Um, London is a huge, and, and also going from South Africa to London is a huge mm-hmm. catalyst for my work and uh, the working process. So yeah, I, I think it's incredibly competitive and it's filled with incredibly talented people. But I'd say the biggest thing that London's done as a catalyst is because of all of those factors and because also it it's one of those places in the world that people think of as a destination, as in uh, there's, a few, there's a few places in the world that people kind of go, all right, if I could make it there, mm-hmm. if I could find my way there, that's it, right? That's, mm-hmm. there's... You, you 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 might move from there to somewhere else somewhere else but you know coming from south africa you you always have a little bit of a sense of at at times it didn't feel like i was in the proper game it mm-hmm. felt like i was warming up and that's a good and a bad thing because you underestimate how tough the proper game is because <laughs> mm-hmm. everybody wants to play it yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then also the good thing though is that 
just the, f the mere fact that you're surrounded by so many talented, incredible, noisy people means that whatever you are has mm -hmm. to be at 10. Whatever you are has to be at its loudest. And I don't mean like being a bully and brash. I just mean you need to know who you are because mm -hmm. you can't hide. Because if you hide, you get lost. Yeah. And and I think that that's, that's an important personal thing to get past, to kind of go, okay, I know what I stand for, I know what I like, I know mm -hmm. the type of work I want to be doing. And I still sometimes don't know if, I've, if I know that yet, but I know that London's helping me get sharper at that. Yeah. Exactly. So it helps you focus and helps you yeah. relook everything that you do. Yes. And uh, figuring out that. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that. that. You have to be so aware of what you are doing. Yeah. But, but I mean that's the whole world we live in right now because of the access right. to publish your work and right. share your work and right. we're all part of a community that can be quite overwhelming. Yeah. Like like you know everyone's bringing their A game. And turns out everyone's incredibly talented. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, to stand out is yeah. really hard. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's like through Instagram. It's like, oh yeah. shit. Yeah, and it's very it's very very dangerous to um, to compare yourself to that stuff because mm -hmm. everyone's got a different journey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. that's so true. I want to round up. Yeah, um, what keeps you up at night? What keeps me up at night? Ooh. My noisy neighbors. No. no. <laughs> oh, I can. I, I have them too. <laughs> no, I think what keeps me up at night is um, because I like to do a lot of different things. I sometimes feel like I'm distracting myself from the things I should be doing mm -hmm. and how to define where to put your energy. That's what keeps me up at night. Right. That's, that's what you said in the beginning. Yeah. Check of all trades. Yeah. I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, I'd, it's okay to be like that. But you have to yeah. be okay to be like that. Like you have to, you have to know you're that beast and yeah. and be at peace with yourself about that. Because, but also, like, I could do a better job of of um, of of promoting and clarifying what what I'm good at, mm -hmm. so that other people can understand you better. Do mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah, because you, you because there are so many people also wanting something from yeah. you. You also have to totally. You've got give to give them the language. Have, yeah, exactly. You have to it's guide not, them. And it's not selling out. Telling somebody the language with how to interface with you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Some people feel like, and obviously, I'm not talking about boasting and going. Oh, I'm the greatest. I'm the this. I'm the that. Mm -hmm. It's not about that. It's just telling people what you care about. Mm. And what you're interested in doing, and giving it to them in a way that they can easily put into their world. Yeah. So that they they yeah. can identify it with uh, for themselves. They can yeah. put it in a kind of a place. Of course. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I always end my interviews with the neon five. That's uh, <laughs> you nice. Know, you know where we go. I like it. I like it. <laughs> so um, I'm gonna ask you um, a single recommendation in five categories. Oh wow! All right. Yeah. First one is food. Food. Do you want to recommend for you, where? Like I, I love food. I mean, so do you doesn't want? Doesn't matter. You can give me a recipe, or you can oh give your favorite goodness. food, or you go your favorite restaurant, or the la latest what you have eaten. Well, I'll tell you what, I um, and I need to look up 
what the name of this is because I did it on Sunday and it was incredible. Um, there's a thing here in Amsterdam that I did that I was very lucky. A friend of mine who's the creative director at Design Bridge, Leanne, she took myself and my girlfriend and, and her and her um, boyfriend. We went on this thing and what they do is they pick you up in a boat mm-hmm. and they take you out to an island nearby and they give you snacks while you're on the boat. And it's, um, there we go, it's called Furturenaland. Yeah, Futuren Island. All right. And it's incredible because it's it's like an old bunker. It's a small mm-hmm. island. There's mm-hmm. a lighthouse on it. Mm-hmm. They take you there. They feed you. So because we did the Sunday matinee session, they yeah. feed you seven tasting courses with, with wine. And it's obviously made with a lot of care. The food is exquisite. But the mere fact, and, and this is why I like it, is if you want, it's the ritual. There's no way you're going to get on a boat for an hour Go sit somewhere for the rest of the day and not focus on the food. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and sometimes you have to take that marathon to make something worth more to you. Mm-hmm. And I love that. I love that mm-hmm. so much. So that was incredible. And I would yeah. say anybody can go go and do it. Yeah. It was so, so great. Okay. I've never heard of Futur Island. Oh, do it. It's so cool. They yeah. do it in summer. They do it in winter. It's, okay. it's bonkers. It's really, really good. Wow. Movie or television? Ah, movie or television. Or documentary. Oh, or documentary. That is really tough. Um, I thought I saw the three billboards outside. Um, oh, I can't even say the whole name of it. That was a good movie. That was really, really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what else have I been watching recently that I really enjoyed? I just finished the last season of Fargo as well. That was mm-hmm. crazy good. Really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, there's too many to think of. This is hurting my head just trying to think of something that's really okay. good. So all I can give you is one I just finished recently yeah. that I thought was really good. <laughs> oh, that's good. So you find time to watch a series, or it's also... I, I tried to, yeah, comf- yeah. Comforting. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, there's a bonkers documentary you got to watch called The Work. On? The work. It's on. It's on iTunes. It's it's out as a kind of release digitally. The reason why it's so good is that it's it's a um, it's a therapy session that's run in a prison that takes outside people who want to do the work, and that's mm-hmm. you know like a, a, a psychological term of actually meaning you're going to really dig deep mm-hmm. and sort some things out. They take them into this prison and they're guided with current prisoners who okay. have done the work before and they all go on a journey together to really get to the heart of whatever is in their life that's blocking them. And as you can imagine, um, these burly prison men uh, who have you know, clearly walked a really tough life mm-hmm. and these outside guys who think they're just dudes yeah. and whatever their nonsense is, and together they, they bunker down and it's tears and it's just hardcore. But what a powerful um, documentary as a filmmaking thing, but also subject matter. Uh, the pursuit of truth in that environment yeah. is, is phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. I'm definitely going to watch that. Do it. It's good. It's, it's good. Uh, a person? Person. Oh, man. <laughs> it can be... What's the... Somebody who is really influential in your life or somebody you really look up to or that you... Influential is good. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, I'm one of those people that I, I pick up lessons every day. So I'm constantly meeting people that I'm like, wow, uh, you're awesome. Um, I would say, you know, my, um, and I hope he listens to this, my, my uncle, uh, when I was young, he, he's an artist in South Africa who um, left advertising, a successful advertising agency that he had created to go and, and paint and on a farm. And what I, I was very lucky because I saw quite young in, a, in an environment where I wasn't really in contact with a lot of, like I, if I look at my life right now, I look at who I'm surrounded by. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, I wasn't surrounded by people who did these types of things. But he gave me a taste for a very respectful life that pursued things that weren't obvious. Um, and not only that, he helped pay for some of my schooling, mm-hmm. like got me into design and stuff like that. And um, and yeah, he just, you know, absolutely shining light for me. Yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. Um, last one, miscellaneous. Miscellaneous. <laughs> something from your life. Oh my God. What, you want something that people don't know or do you want something that's just miscellaneous? First thing that pops up. Miscellaneous. Oh man. Um, that's too hard. It's too broad. That's too much of a white, uh, a blank piece of paper. But there um, was probably already something in your head. Okay, miscellaneous. Um, no, I, had a, I got nothing. I'm drawing blanks. Okay. It's been a long day. Yeah. Uh, that's true. How can people follow you? Oh yes, um, I'm terrible at, at social, but I, I, I do partake. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, I am Ulcerboy. Um, that's my uh, handle. And I am obviously on things like, uh, like Pinterest and Facebook and all those things as Carl Eddy. Um, I have a website, which is carleddy.com. The band is Heavy Menthol. Uh, as in like the cigarettes, menthol, mm-hmm. or like the mints. We have a, an EP out called Dental Records, mm-hmm. and it's on the Dirty Melody label, which is an artist-run label that was started by Mac Best, the illustrator. Mm-hmm. He plays in the band as well. You should check out every other band that he plays in too, because they're very interesting. Uh, we're on Spotify, iTunes, Deezer, uh, mm-hmm. wherever, uh, YouTube, Vimeo, things like that. I'm also on, on those. Um, and we'll be putting up some more stuff this year, so there'll be more music. Wow. Yeah. Where are you speaking later this year? Ah, the next booked engagement that I have is at South by Southwest. I'll be talking on very similar topic, uh, uh, which also a fantastic, you know, I, I love FRTC, it's a great yeah. festival, so is South by, they're really good, okay. wonderful collision of all the things yeah. I like, all in one place. You were talking there last year as well, yes, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. And which track are you? Uh, I'm in the entertainment track, so that okay. that'll be in the main auditorium, okay. as far as I know. Okay, I will put um, you in my highlight list. Please do, please do. Um, I'm pulling together like the, <laughs> where I should go if I if I would go. Nice, yeah, that'd be great. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, we'll get in touch when you're out there. Okay, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you.
Hi, it's Thomas. Neomaray also has a newsletter called Neomonthly. So if you want to be the first to know about the shows, please sign up via neomaray.com slash subscribe. You can also follow the show on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. Just search for Neomaray. And if you have time, please leave a review on iTunes. It really helps others to find out about the show. Thanks for listening.